Evidence and Answers. Muslims revere the Quran as the perfect book that has come down from heaven. It is central to the life and culture of Muslim life. It is the reference for spiritual, but also all of Muslims' daily living. However, does the evidence support its claim of divine inspiration? How does the Quran compare with the Bible? You're listening to Evidence and Answers with your host, Pat Zukrin. Pat is an author and teacher in the area of Christian apologetics, the defense of the Christian faith. Today, Pat examines the Bible and the Quran, the holy books of the two largest religions in the world. Let's join Pat now as he presents a comparative study on the Bible and the Quran. We've been going through our series on Islam, and we did a study previously on Jesus and Muhammad, and now we're doing a comparative study on the Bible and the Quran. For Muslims, the Quran is central to the life and culture of all Muslims. The word Quran means recitation, and it is the reference for spiritual but also all of the Muslims' daily living. This is the most highly revered book in Islam. In Islam, you may not criticize the Prophet Muhammad and you cannot criticize the Quran. Both are punishable by death. You have seen many in the West who have critiqued or criticized Muhammad or the Quran and have met severe consequences. And so this is a highly, highly revered book and I'll explain why as we go along. Now, Christianity teaches that the Bible alone is the unique, inspired Word of God and is the only book that has been confirmed by acts of God. Islam acknowledges the Old and New Testament as inspired by God, but hold the Quran in much higher regard. Islam teaches that the Bible has been corrupted by Jews and Christians and therefore is not reliable, and Muslims will try to show However, that the two books are consistent, but where they contradict, they'll often say that's where the Bible has been corrupted by the Christians and the Jews. Now, let me give you a brief history of the Quran. According to Islamic history, Muhammad did not write, but gave his revelations orally. He received his revelations over a 23-year period. Muhammad received his revelations primarily from the angel Gabriel, piecemeal, in a slow, well-arranged stages and gradually, according to chapter 5 of the Quran. Now, at his death, numerous versions existed. People had memorized things that Muhammad had said and had written down various versions of what Muhammad had said. It is the third caliph, the third successor of Muhammad, Uthman, who made his version the official version of the Islamic Quran and burned others and those who had different versions, he had them killed. That is the brief history of the Quran. Now, according to Muslims, this is the character of the Quran. The Quran is believed to be the inspired revelation of God. It is considered eternal and uncreated. It is the perfect book that is in heaven that has come down to us. So if you go up to heaven, or Islamic paradise, there you would see the Quran and the exact Quran you see up there is the Quran that we have here today. Muslims believe that the Quran is without error. Chapter 18 of the Quran reads, Praise be to God who hath sent to his servant the book and hath allowed therein no crookedness. Chapter 39 of the Quran reads, 
It is a Quran without any crookedness therein, in order that they may guard against evil. The Quran is believed to be the final revelation to mankind, and therefore, the Quran supersedes all previous revelations. Chapter 85 of the Quran says that it is the mother of all books. And it does not reveal Allah, but Allah's will. And in Islam, the Quran is considered the ultimate miracle. The miracle of the Quran is one of the most fundamental doctrines of Islam. Therefore, a Muslim is not to question the Quran. Chapter 5 of the Quran states, O ye who believe, ask not questions about things which, if made plain to you, may cause you trouble. But if ye ask about things when the Quran is being revealed, they will be made plain to you. Allah forgives those. Allah is oft-forgiving, most forbearing. Some people before did ask such questions and on that account have lost their faith. So Muslims are not to critique or criticize or ask questions about the Quran. Since the Quran is written in Arabic, it is to be recited and memorized in Arabic. And since the vast majority of the Islamic world is unfamiliar with Arabic, they rely primarily on the teachings of the Imam. And his teachings, therefore, are not to be challenged or questioned. Now, as Christians, when it comes to the defense of the inspiration of the Bible, we point to things such as prophecy, archaeology, the testimony of Jesus, who performed many miracles, and the miracles of the authors. When it comes to the defense of the inspiration of the Quran, how do Muslims defend the inspiration of the Quran? Well, here are several lines of evidences that our Muslim friends point to as evidence of inspiration, of the divine inspiration of the Quran. One of the first evidences for the inspiration of the Quran is that it is the most beautiful book that has ever been written. Chapter 10 of the Quran says, This Quran is not such as can be produced by any other than God. Again, the Quran states, If the whole of mankind and jinn were to gather together to produce the like of this Quran, they could not produce the like thereof, even if they backed up each other with help and support. Abdullah Yusuf Ali, one of the premier Quran scholars, a man whose translation of the Quran into English is considered the most authoritative by Muslims, says this, No human composition could contain the beauty, power, and spiritual insight of this Quran. So the beauty of the Quran is considered one of the key evidences for the divine inspiration of the Quran. Second, Muhammad was illiterate, yet this illiterate man wrote such a beautiful book. That's the second line of evidence used by many Muslims. Muslims argue that the Quran is a miracle, that such a great literary work could come from one who was illiterate. Chapter 7 of the Quran and in other places states that Muhammad was an unlettered prophet. The third line of evidence is the perfect preservation of the Quran. Chapter 15 of the Quran says, We have without doubt sent down the message and will assuredly guard it from corruption. The perfect preservation of the Quran is accredited to God's supernatural intervention. And then some point to alleged prophecies in the Quran. The one most often cited is chapter 30 of the Quran. And it claims to have predicted the victory of the Romans over the Persians in just a few years. And it reads as follows, The Roman Empire will soon be victorious 
within a few years. Now, this refers to the time period when the Romans lost Jerusalem in 614-615 AD and their eventual recapture of the city and defeat of the Persians, which occurred approximately about seven years later. So it says that the Roman Empire will be victorious within a few years. And Abdullah Yusuf Ali, the great scholar of the Quran, claims that a few years means a short period, ranging from three to nine years. Now this passage, many Muslims claim, is a proof of the supernatural prophecy and the proof of divine inspiration of the Quran. Also, Muhammad predicted that the Muslims would be victorious in military battle. Chapter 3, he writes, Say to those who reject the faith, Soon they will be vanquished and gathered together to hell, and evil bed indeed to lie on. Chapter 14, But the Lord inspired this message to them, Verily we shall cause the wrongdoers to perish, and verily we shall cause you to abide in the land and succeed them. And chapter 41 of the Quran says, Soon will we... Show them our signs in the furthest regions of the earth and in their own souls until it becomes manifest to them that this is the truth. So the prophesied victories of the Islamic armies over their enemies, many Muslims point to as proof of the supernatural inspiration of the Quran. The fifth evidence that Muslims will point to for the inspiration of the Quran is the unity of the Quran. Muslims sometimes appeal to the self-consistency and unity of the Quran as evidence of its divine origin. Chapter 4 of the Quran says, Do they unbelievers not consider the Quran with care? Had it been from other than God, they would surely have found therein much discrepancy. Now, commenting on this verse from chapter 4 of the Quran, Abdullah Yusuf Ali claimed that the unity of the Quran is admittedly greater than that of any other sacred book. Yet, how can we account for it except through the unity of God's purpose and design? He adds, from a mere human point of view, we should have expected much discrepancy because the messenger who promulgated it was not a learned man or a philosopher. It was promulgated at various times and in various circumstances, and it addressed to all grades of mankind. Yet he believes that it fits together better than a, quote, jigsaw puzzle. A sixth evidence is the alleged scientific accuracy of the Quran. Then seventh is the mathematical structure of the Quran, some say to the cadence to the number seven. The world-renowned Muslim debater Ahmad Didat, in his book, The Miracle of the Quran, claims that the Quran is a mathematical miracle based on the number 19. This number is chosen because it is the sum of of adding up the numerical value of the letters in the word one. And the message of the Quran is that God is one. Rashad Khalifa, the Imam of the Mosque of Tucson, Arizona, in his book, The Computer Speaks, God's Message to the World, summarizes the argument in 19 points. And here are just a few of his arguments to support Didat's position. He states, the opening statement of the Quran consists of 19 Arabic alphabets. The famous words that constituted the first Quranic revelation were 19 words. The last Quranic revelation consisted of 19 words. The Quran consists of 114 chapters. 
That is 19 times 6. So they point to this mathematical structure of the Quran as proof of its divine origin. And finally, the changed lives as a result of those following the Quran. Islamic scholar Ajiola writes, The transformation wrought by the Holy Quran is unparalleled in the history of the world, and thus its claim to be unique stands as unchallenged today as it did 13 centuries ago. No faith ever imparted such a new life to its votaries on such a wide scale, a life affecting all branches of human activity, a transformation of the individual, of the family, of the society, of the nation, of the country, and awakening material as well as moral, intellectual as well as spiritual. The Quran effected a transformation of humanity from the lowest depths of degradation to the highest pinnacle of civilization within an incredibly short time where centuries of reformation work had proved fruitless. So those are some of the evidences that many Muslims point to, upholding the claim for the divine inspiration of the Quran. Let's take a brief critique of some of the evidences that are used to uphold the inspiration of the Quran. The first one, that it is the most beautiful book that has been written. Well, that stands in question. Many Arabic scholars question if this indeed is the most beautiful book written. There are several chapters in there that seem to be poorly written. And, you know, I don't know Arabic, but the Arabic scholars who I have spoken to said that many of the passages are poorly written and very difficult to understand. And you can see that in the English translations as well. And also, many Arabic scholars say that there are other Arabic works that are much more beautiful than the Quran. For example, the Arabian Nights. That is a work that is considered by many the greatest Middle Eastern literary masterpiece out there, and its beauty surpasses that of the Quran. But even if, even if we want to say the Quran is beautifully written, eloquence is not a good defense of inspiration. You know, at best it shows that Muhammad or his editors, or his scribes, were good writers. Shakespeare is beautifully written. Homer's Iliad, the Odyssey, and others are eloquent works. But that doesn't mean that they're divinely inspired. There's really no connection between literary beauty and divine inspiration. God could have written in plain or in eloquent language. The second evidence that Muhammad was illiterate and many Arabic scholars question whether he was truly illiterate or not. The Arabic word translated unlettered can also be translated as heathen, as is done several times in the Quran. And Muhammad, remember, was a merchant who traded, so it's likely he was not completely illiterate. But it would not be out of the question that over several decades, Muhammad could have taught himself to read. But also remember, Muhammad had many scribes who took down his oral revelations. And these scribes could have edited and stylized the teachings of Muhammad. And finally, it could be that what we see in the Quran is the intelligence of the spirit that possessed Muhammad when he gave these revelations. Now, the third line of evidence is that the Quran is perfectly preserved. Well, a perfect copy does not prove inspiration, only that we have a good copy. 
it would say nothing about the truth of what he said in the original. The question is, is the original God's word, not whether we have a perfect copy? And although today's copy may be close to Uthman's preservation, the third caliph who succeeded Muhammad, it's not true that this is exactly the way it came from Muhammad. There were many versions of the Quran, and Muslim scholars acknowledge this when Uthman made his version the official one. All other versions were destroyed and burned, and those who had memorized other passages of the Quran, they were killed. Noted Islamic archaeologist author Jeffrey writes, There can be little doubt that the text canonized by Uthman, the third caliph, was only one among several types of texts in existence at the time. So whether we have it perfectly preserved from Muhammad, that stands in question. But even if we do, a perfect copy doesn't prove inspiration, only that we have a good copy. Now the fourth line of evidence are the alleged prophecies in the Quran. Supposedly, Muhammad made a few prophecies here that are considered supernatural. The one that's most pointed to is chapter 30 of the Quran, which predicted the Roman victory over the Persians. According to this passage of the Quran, the Persians defeated the Romans and captured the city of Jerusalem. And Muhammad wrote that the Roman Empire, which had been defeated in Jerusalem, would within a few years be victorious. Now, according to Abdullah Yusuf Ali, once again, the man who wrote the most authoritative English translation of the Quran, he says a few years refers to three to nine years. Now, the Romans were defeated by the Persians in the capture of Jerusalem in 614-615 AD. The recapture of the city of Jerusalem was not accomplished until 625 AD. So that's outside of that three to nine year period that Abdullah Yusuf Ali talked about. Also, this prophecy is neither long-range nor unusual because one would expect that the Romans would bounce back after their defeat. So really, this is a good observation of the situation and could even be a good guess. It, it falls short of supernatural prophecy on the scale of biblical prophecy. Also, Muhammad predicted military victories of the Islamic armies over their enemies well, this could hardly be considered a prophecy. What military leader would not predict victory over his armies? And what about his defeats? He did not predict those, such as the Battle of Uhud. Now, a fifth line of evidence is the unity of the Quran. Now, the unity evidence stands in question because there are some clear contradictions in the Quran. Now, some of the contradictions are explained by what is called the Law of Abrogation. In other words, the later surahs or the later chapters override the teachings of the previous one. Chapter 2 of the Quran says, Whatever verses we cancel or cause you to forget, we bring a better or its like. Now, those explains some of the contradictions of the Quran. But just in a few moments, I'm going to show you some major contradictions here that prove very problematic for even Islamic scholars. But also remember, there is not the diversity of authorship as the Bible. The Quran is written allegedly just by one man, by Muhammad, compared to the Bible which has over 40 different authors over a 1500-year period. So the unity argument does not hold a strong case for the inspiration of the Quran. The next line 
is the scientific accuracy of the Quran. However, I'll point to you in the next section uh, that there are some serious scientific errors in the Quran that prove problematic for Islamic scholars. Another line of evidence was the mathematical structure of the Quran in the cadence to the number 19. Well, the mathematical structure proves that there is logic behind human language. See, language is an expression of order in the human thought, and since this order can be reduced to mathematical expression, it should be no surprise that a mathematical order can be found in language. But however, the same kind of argument based, let's say, on the number seven could be used for the Bible as well. For example, take the first verse of the Bible. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Old Testament scholar Nails points out several mathematical consistencies with the number seven. This verse contains seven Hebrew words and 28 letters, four times seven. There are three nouns, God, heavens, and earth. Their total numeric value is 777. The number created has the value of 203, seven times 29. The object is contained in the first three words with 14 letters, 2 times 7. The other four words contain the subject, also with 14 letters, and so on. We can continue doing that. So since language is an expression of human logic and order in the human thought, we should not be surprised that it can be reduced to some kind of mathematical expression. Now, the final evidence is the changed lives, the millions of changed lives of people who have read and followed the Quran. Well, once again, this can also be challenged because really, any set of fervently believed ideas will change lives. Other religious writings claim change lives. The scriptures of the Buddhist or the Hindu or the New Age, even the writings of atheism have changed lives. Because any set of beliefs held to fervently, any set of teachings held to fervently will indeed have an impact and change lives. So when we look at some of the evidence that upholds the divine inspiration of the Quran, I don't think you can build a very strong case from the evidence that is presented by many Muslim apologists that indeed the Bible is a divinely inspired work. Now when we get together next time, I'm going to present some flaws in the Quran that would seriously challenge this claim of inspiration. As in our previous show, we showed that the prophethood of Muhammad stands in question. And I also am building the case that the inspiration and perfection of the Quran also stands in question. And if Muhammad is not the divinely inspired prophet of Islam and the Quran is not the perfect book that has come down from heaven. The foundations of Islam stand on very shaky ground. And we'll compare that to the evidence for the inspiration of the Bible. So we'll continue with our comparative study on the Bible and the Quran next time we're together here on Evidence and Answers. So go check out our website. They're at evidenceandanswers.com. Org. And I look forward to seeing you next time here on Evidence and Answers as we present compelling reasons for faith and hope in Christ and present biblical answers to the questions and challenges we face in today's challenging world. We'll see you next time here on Evidence and Answers. This concludes part one of Pat's comparative study on the Bible and the Quran. 
If you missed any part of this message, log on at evidenceandanswers.org and you can listen to the study or any of the studies on Islam by Pat and Premier Islamic Scholars. Pat's ministry relies on the generous donations from you, our listeners. If you've been blessed by Pat's teaching and would like to see him continue on the air, please support him in prayer and with a financial gift by logging on at evidenceandanswers.org. I hope you'll be with us next time as Pat presents part two of this message on the Bible and the Quran, right here on Evidence and Answers.